This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Shabua Tov out there, all High FM listeners, both in South Africa and, yes, around the world. We are hearing from you from every corner of the planet, and that's really fantastic to know that the power of radio and the power of communication is actually allowing um, information to be disseminated, and certainly in our space over here with Chai FM, and particularly with me, as with all the other um, teachers of Torah, it's fantastic that we have the ability and opportunity to share words of Torah with you. And as always... Um, we love for you to participate in this discussion, and I think today I'm going to be diverting somewhat from the normal discussion we have. We are learning Parshat Bereshit. We're in the Parsha Vaera, and uh, we normally learn in text. But today I want to take the liberty of diverting somewhat from learning in the text and picking up where we left off last week. I wasn't in studio simply because I was overseas. And a part of my overseas travels brought me back to the land of Israel, the place that I love dearly. And, um, you know, just going around and, and again, always imbibing the, the air of the land of Israel and seeing what is happening there on so many levels always gets my mind ticking and my mind thinking. Um, I came on the cusp of, uh, the end of the week where 42 international leaders descended upon Jerusalem. I was told very luckily I arrived on the Friday morning that had I arrived any other day, Jerusalem was completely cut off. They had um, cordoned off large, large areas of Jerusalem to facilitate these leaders and their entourages. Um, I even had an in from a nephew of mine who was telling me he works within the Ministry of Interior and, and other, other ministerial places where they, they were involved in seeing to the needs and the, the places that all these uh, leaders had to go and come to that they were working literally 24 hours. They had teams that just took one after the other because the logistics was just so enormous. So I arrived on the heels on the end of that historic, historic uh, visit and then was um, in Israel last week when we had uh, Trump coming out with the deal of the century. And towards the tapering end of the week, um, we were flying home. I had to go to um, other places um, in Europe. And uh, we were very, very aware that this coronavirus um, was taking its toll. Many, many people were walking around now with masks, and it was quite a surreal and strange feeling. And as always, like these things get me going because really in truth, when we look at this world, we have many ways to, to, you know, to skin the cat. And this is really, I'd like to enter into a discussion about it. Not necessary to have a monologue. I'd love you to be part of it. Remember, you can always get hold of us. The SMS line is 34519, telegram 061-895-1019. really want to have a real chit-chat, you can on 010-140-3020. So my discussion is, what is going on? Is this the end of days? What is actually happening um, today in this world? And as I walked into the studio 
you know, I hear the, the headlines being read and there's a plague of locusts in Kenya and they're talking about Pakistan and the numbers are, 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 um, going up, rising with this coronavirus already exceeded the SARS virus of 2003, I believe. Um, you know, some people said, well, we've got the plague of darkness. So now I guess we could, um, start comparing ourselves. We've got the plague of darkness. Um, Australia has got the plague of fire and, uh, you know, China's got the, 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 the plague of the coronavirus, which initially comes from a snake. Um, <laughs> locusts, what is going on? What is going on in this world? And, um, I'd like to share with you some of my thoughts on understanding it because really at the end of the day, when we look at things, we can be as we normally do function, as people that are what you see is what you get. We can be involved in the physical world. We can listen to the news. We can deliberate. We can um, converse. We can argue. We can, you know, present the various viewpoints from the right, from the left, from the conservative, from the liberal, from the South African to the American. We we can, you know, dissect things on many, many levels. We can look at it from a political point of view, from a military point of view, from an economic point of view, from a social point of view. Bottom line is, is that it's pretty evident, and I don't think too many people will argue on this point, this world is rumbling and grumbling and there is a lot, there's a lot of, there's like a subliminal upheaval happening, um, in places and, and every day or two or three, you're, you're going onto the news and you hear another boom, another big, um, event happening that, that is shaping the way the world is thinking, the way people are going, the way governments are, 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 are applying themselves. We've just had Brexit and that entire thing happened and, Really, I think that, you know, a historian or somebody who's going to look back at this period of time um, is going to find it quite compelling and quite interesting to follow all the various aspects that are happening right now and how it is all going to pan out. The question, though, is how is this all going to pan out? Because right now it feels like a mumbo-jumbo of extraordinary events that are happening on a mega scale, um, completely unrelated. And I think that the overall sense of everybody is a sense of uneasiness of like, can we actually plan what we're doing in three months time? You know, where is the world going to find itself this week, next week, the week after? Because, you know, every, every second day there is something major happening that is Pushing the world in various directions. Now we know as Jews, um, we have a fundamental belief and that is that God runs this world, that this world isn't run by a set of circumstances that is just happenstance, that it's, it's coincidental, that God not only runs the world on a macro level, but certainly on a micro level. He is in charge of our lives, our personal lives, the lives of everybody around us and the world at large. And nothing that is happening is not without the guidance of God. And so if we look at it that way, then we need to actually ask the question, what the heck is going on? Um, what happened to the days when 
we went to work. We, we, you know, we had our fun. We knew what to do, what we would do on Sundays. We would be able to plan our, our, our family events and life had a predictability. Today, life is unbelievably unpredictable and almost just in a week, just in my life, just going from, from my, from my hometown um, of Johannesburg, my city town, it's not, we're not, so, we're not, we don't, not city town, my city. The, um, we're not really a town, Johannesburg, we're more, we're certainly a city. Um, me leaving my comfort zone and going out um, and just hopping across the world merely for a week um, has, has unnerved um, myself in, in a way of asking like, wow, gee, so many things major things are happening so quickly and 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 in 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 such a a a um loud big way what is going on i invite your thoughts and i invite your 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 collaboration in this discussion sms34519 telegram 0618951019 we can uh, talk also on the studio number 0101403020 what are your feelings? Where do you think we're going? Do you believe that this, there, there's something greater happening? Or is it that this world is just a balagan and we're just, we just get that information now as opposed to it wasn't there before? What are your thoughts? This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Right, let's understand, um, based on my introduction, <laughs> something about the mystical texts. Um, and this is by way of introduction for us to really, really understand that we can go and look at the world and understand the world the way it is and just debate and challenge and hear the politician out and the, the, the economist out and the military, um, you know, advisors and, you know, use our own brains to try swim through the, 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 the mire of, of, of where the world finds itself, or can we take a step back and say, no, what we see is not what we get, and there's something underlying to this. Now, I'm going to come from the premise of the latter. There is something much greater that is happening right under our noses right now, and we need to read between the lines. We need to become mystical. We need to become... Spiritual, we need to become um, more sensitive to understanding what is happening in this world and that it's not by chance and that's not coincidence and that everything that is playing out is actually playing out because there is a script, there is a writer, and right now we are sitting on stage um, in the final act and pretty soon the curtain is going to come down on this show what am i talking about so by way of introduction and the way that i like to understand it um is really to take the understanding from 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 physical science one of the the things that i know um and i'm sure you will agree the world gives a lot of credence to those that are involved in science because science is exactly that. It's a science, and it's not something that is open to interpretation, but rather deals with the very physical world that we have, and things are black and white. 
If you go and study chemistry at university or biology or genetics or engineering or any of the, the, the sciences, they're very much logical um, studies that give you a cause and effect. If you take two hydrogens of oxygen and you add it to one 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 molecule, two, two molecules of hydrogen added to one molecule of oxygen and you go through sp3 hybridization, you're going to land up with a molecule that we know as water. If you add another hydrogen, then you're getting a different, different uh, molecule and another hydrogen will make it even with four hydrogens now to an oxygen, you'll get a different molecule, etc., etc., etc. And for a very long time, particularly since the industrial revolution, our technological understanding of the world has increased tremendously. It's actually increased in a way that no one would ever believe. And as we are continuing down the, con- the, the continuum of life of, of, of the time of time, our computing abilities, our ability to understand the world is just becoming more and more profound simply because we have harnessed not only our minds, but now we've created artificial intelligence, the, the, the computers and the robotics to allow us to delve even deeper and have a much more intimate understanding of the way the world works. But in working out how the world works, there I believe that there are two aspects to it. One is that you can go to university and understand what is happening in the field of science and biology and genetics, um, etc., um, and have that knowledge, which is vast and unbelievable. And then there's the second part to it, which is really the cherry on the top, but the raison d'etre of sitting and studying all of it is that how then do you apply it to your world? So you can go to university and you can become a professor of biochemistry or of, or of uh, genetics or of of, of any physical science, of whatever it is, whatever the topic is. Um, in and of itself, it's, it's something that is great and that, 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 that takes a lot of brain power and a lot of, uh, um, endurance to achieve. But even greater is if you then take that knowledge and, and in understanding the way the world works, apply it to any area and make this world a better place. This is really the way the physical world works, and this has really been the modus operandi of how our world has landed up technologically, particularly in such a, an advanced state that today you can look at a, um, at, at anything. Um, I'll give you an example um, of a statistic I heard last week that in 2003, um, it took something like nine months or like quite a, quite a number of months and 2.5 billion, billion with a B, with a, my Bobby B, 2.53 billion dollars to sequence the genome, to sequence the, the, the genome of a person and to understand what is found in all their chromosomes. That's 2003. Just fast forward, not even 20 years to 2018, 2019. This now can be done at $800 a person. Think about that. $2.53 billion in 2003, and today it just costs $800 to do the same thing. 2003, $2.53 billion for one person. 
for one person's genome. Today, $800 and 10 million people across the world have sequenced their genome. So we can see categorically that we have taken and understood the the code um, and the the science of this world, and not only have we learnt it and delved into it, but we've actually applied it that has allowed us to accelerate our understanding and hopefully our quality of life. If that is true of the physical world, then can we say that of the spiritual world? And then can we use the information that we know and apply it to what is happening today? And this is the discussion I want to have with you. And again, I welcome you all. SMS 34519, Telegram 061-895-1019. What are your thoughts on, on, on what I am presenting? Um, do you believe that there is something underlying happening in the world? Or is it uh, what you see, is what you get, and that's the way we should function? I would posit to say that certainly from a global perspective, I believe that everything that we are seeing today on all levels, politically, economically, socially, even from the weather, um, is something that was encoded in the very fabric of this world. And it is all coming together in order to, to change the world and what the world, the, to change the world as we know it. Let me explain further. 4,000 years ago, we had our first forefather, Abraham, who came out of, from his own thinking in understanding that there's a God and that there is a greater force in this world that runs this world. And as they say, the rest is history. For those that follow the Bible, we can go and see through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then Joseph, Moses. We eventually come together as a nation, and we are handed a textbook. We call that textbook the five books of Moses, the Torah. The Torah is the five books of Moses, but it comes along with all the oral explanations, which today we know as the oral Torah, which is in fact written down. That's a topic in and of itself. But we received this manual, and this manual, we believe, is God-given. And it is, in fact, the genetic code or the sequencing of how this world operates. Everything from the beginning of creation till its end is written and encoded in the five books of Moses, in the over 600,000, just over 600,000 letters that there are in the Torah. And it is a book that not only has been studied and whose teachings have been applied throughout the, the generations, but it isn't, we understand that we are not looking into a text that, you know, you can study it five years, 10 years, 20 years, and then you become, you know, top of your game. And you're a professor at it that even the greatest rabbi, the greatest, greatest rabbi, the greatest wisest sage, um, will continue learning it and understanding its depth because its depth is actually infinite. Why is it infinite? Because this is God's wisdom. And so we apply ourselves every single day, um, in, 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 in different times and spaces. Right now we're learning Torah and we Glean from the five books of Moses direction as to 
what is happening and what is expected of us. And we learn how to apply the teachings of the Torah to the various aspects of our life. Following this idea then, we can go and say that living today where we find ourselves in this upheaval, in this um, mess, I guess, that, you know, the, the world is very, very unstable right now on so many, many levels. We can and should ask the question, what does the Torah say about this? And is there something that we can learn from it or something that we need to do about it? Well, if we're going to believe that the Torah is our genetic code, our sequencing, um, it is the blueprint of what the world is all about. And um, from that aspect, we know that it says when God created the world, it says he looked into the Torah and from the Torah he created the world. So basically the Torah is the architectural plans for the world. We will come to understand and this has been spoken about many, many times in many, many areas. More and more people are speaking about it, that there is a purpose to this world, that this world wasn't created by a God who just decided maybe to play a game with us, set us up and let us do our own things. But there is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end, and there is a purpose. And the purpose, and I... Uh, Encourage all of you to either go back on High FM to my podcasts when we discussed this and we were learning the Pasha of Bereshit, of Genesis itself, the beginnings of this world, or go Google it. You will get a tremendous amount of information as well that God created this world in order to make a dwelling place for him, a place where something outside of God, something other than him, um, who has a free choice, comes to an understanding that that God is in fact the only force and the unifying force in this world and a relationship is struck up between man and God. And really everything that we know in history to have happened and everything that is happening right now is part of that process. So I guess you could ask, really? Do you think that all the, the, the Eskom blackouts are about us having a relationship with God? Do you think that the deal of the century is something about having a relationship with God? Coronavirus, uh, Brexit, or anything that is happening on us personally? Well, the answer is yes. It, it does have something to do with it. Because in its complexity, this world is a place where we choose um, where we want to go and what we want to do. And it's a, a show about who, cho who chooses to see beyond the veneer of the materialistic world and come to an understanding that this world has a purpose to making a choice and saying, I'm not, I'm not into any of this. I'm just going to deal with the world on a practical basis. Which, by the way, I'm not saying don't deal with the world on a practical basis, but the practicality with which you deal with the world should be based on a deeper idea that this world has a purpose. And what is this purpose of this world? We said to have a relationship with God. And we have gone through various um, ups and downs in world history, particularly as the Jewish people, where we've had very, very close, uh, close relationship with God. 
We were very close to him by Har Sinai when we received the Torah, by the Mount Sinai. We were very close to him when we had the two temples, um, and it was a place where you could see godliness openly. And there were other times where it's been pretty dark, as us been thrown in a dungeon, where we don't see, uh, so to speak, the hand of hand of God, whether it was the Spanish expulsion, um, the Holocaust, etc. But all of this, all of these events in world history are leading to one goal. And that goal is, as we say um, at the end of our prayers in the morning and at night, when we pray the Aleinu prayer, we say, um, that on that day, God and his name will be one. Meaning, we are working back towards the goal of the existence of the Garden of Eden and the bliss that Adam, the first man, experienced before he he even got married. Adam was the perfect man. He was put in the Garden of Eden, the perfect place, and he was able to have a perfect relationship with the one that created him. History tells the rest of the story. He eats from the, the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And so we go sliding down a very rough ride. But there comes a point in time that throughout history, all the events and all the people that have lived are there to help bring that existence of the Garden of Eden back into fruition. We call it the Messianic Redemption. Because what will happen when, when Mashiach will arrive? It will be a world of bliss. We will have health. We will have wealth. We will have sp- uh, physical abundance. We will have spiritual abundance. There will be no more war. There will be no more hatred. There will be no more killing. There will not be anything of the negative that we are dealing with now. We will be living blissfully back, so to speak, in the Garden of Eden. Our journey is through life, through the centuries, through each individual, through world events, all of them are helping birth that process. Now, if we understand all of that, then we can look back now, particularly in the last five to ten years, and microscopically even just in the last couple of, of, of weeks, of months, even last week, and start understanding that every single thing that is coming through the newsfeed is another step in in helping us realize that goal of bringing the world to a messianic redemption and bringing the world back to a state a garden of eden existence which metaphorically means that each and every human being will actually realize that they are godly that they have a chelik elokai mimal mamish. They have a, veter, a veritable piece of godliness within them. And they, all of us, will be able to rise to the occasion of, of living on that plane. But we don't have to wait for Mashiach to come. We can choose, as everybody has had free choice in the last 5,780 years, to live that existence now, or to negate it and pretend that it doesn't exist and, you know, worry about it at a later date. So in summation, before we just go for a quick commercial break, this is the basis on which 
I believe, as Jews in particular, and it certainly I would anticipate um, and know that there are many righteous Gentiles out there as well that that see it this way, that the upheaval that we are going through, and I'm going to discuss some of the stuff that happened in the last week after the break, all this upheaval is just paving the way for us to eventually arrive at a place where the curtain can come down and we will have created the perfect world with perfect people and a perfect relationship with God. This is Mystical Text with Abel Kazilski. Welcome back and... Uh, I'd like to take this time now to go through, uh, you know, just two or three of the incidences or things that have been happening in this world just in this past week. Um, and just go through them and actually understand the enormity and repercussion of them. The first, as I said, I landed up in Jerusalem on the hills on the end part of a visit of, I think it was 42 world leaders and dignitaries that descended upon Jerusalem to commemorate the um, World Holocaust Day and the the, the release, the, the um, arrival of the Allied troops in letting out, you know, um, opening up Auschwitz, etc., etc. Now, while the memorial in and of itself is of import. No question. Um, and particularly in light of the fact that today we have seen a much bigger uprising in anti-Semitism. That too is very important. Nevertheless, just the magnitude of this and that it in and of itself happened is quite mind-boggling. Tell me, when else in history has it ever been recorded? That 42 of the world's world powers descended upon Jerusalem in the capital city of Israel to come together and show solidarity with the Jewish people and to provide comfort and give um, assurance that they will be going back to their own countries and put in whatever measures that's needed in order to stampede out anti-Semitism. I stand to be corrected, ladies and gentlemen. You're most welcome to correct me. SMS me on 34519, Telegram 0618951019. But I don't recall a meeting of this magnitude. Certainly. From the time we were expelled, uh, we, 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 were, we were exiled out of the land at the destruction of the Second Temple all the way till to date. Who would have ever believed such a thing would ever, ever happen? It's beyond historic. It's mind-boggling. Because what is it saying? Well, it's in fulfillment of a verse from Tsefania that talks about the fact that when we come to the end of days, when we are looking at a time period where we are saying we are bringing this world back to perfection, a world where people will connect to God and people will know what is moral and what is integrous, 
we are now creating, Israel has created this, this ability to bring world leaders to where the eye of God is on from the morning to the night for 365 days of the year to the land of Israel, to the capital, and to get not only the Jewish world, but the Gentile world in tandem focused on living a moral, ethical life where there is human rights and everybody is respected for being that human and the, 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 the fact that we, are, we, we have within ourselves that veritable part of godliness. Absolutely mind-boggling. And for those of you that watched the various speeches and heard the various um, ideas brought about, can only sit back and marvel at the wow of that moment. It wasn't only just a physical endeavor of bringing Jerusalem to a standstill and, a standstill and blocking off um, you know, Jerusalem traffic for three days, which apparently was very frustrating for those that lived in Jerusalem. But it was about the fact that very quickly, and if I can say very suddenly, um, if we look at it in the context of history, Israel is achieving a prominence amongst the world that has been unsurpassed in our history. And it's just quite mind-boggling. And I was, I was, ta- I was in awe just actually thinking of the magnitude. What would if I had said to my grandmother, my great-grandmother, probably even my father, who lived through the trials and tribulations of the Holocaust and going back to the, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, who had, had been a, a, a wanderer around um, the countries of Europe, with no place to stay and, and, and no army to defend it and no no place to call home, that this would actually happen in our lifetimes. But it did. It happened just as a piece of news on CNN as every other piece of news was happening. But it's an absolute wow. It's amazing. And this is just only a taste, a foretaste of the position that Israel is going to hold in the future. Why? Because it's encoded in the sequencing of our Torah, of our architectural plan, of of what life is really all about. And we could spend hours going through the various verses of the Torah that speak about it, the various Nevi'im, the prophets that prophesied this, it's happening before our very eyes. We should all be gasping and going, wow. That was on the Thursday. Four days later, the most powerful Gentile nation in the world, its leader, comes up and says, he's giving the deal of the century. And again, there is this um, hope and prayer that we can restore peace to the world, peace particularly to the Middle East. Now, I have to applaud Trump for his effort, no question. I'm sure a lot of time, detail, and thinking 
and understanding the situation has, you know, took place in order for this deal to, to, to be presented to the world. But interestingly, when you listen to it and then you start listening to what does the, the, the politician say and what does the military guy say and what does this mean for us and will it work this time? To answer the question about is this the deal of the century, we need to go back and look in the Torah. Well, I'm sorry to say for those who disagree, and you're most welcome to disagree, I like, I like having um, challenge. This deal of the century is not going to work because Trump is skinning it from looking at it politically and economically and, and on, a, on a practical level. He's not looking into the essence of the players that are in the, the Torah. And really he should be looking in hindsight and seeing we tried it at the Oslo Accords and we tried to get rid of Gush Katif and we tried to do the, the uh, you know, shake on the, on the, on the, on the lawns of the White House and it didn't work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to say my opinion is that this ain't going to work. What's going to work about it is that it's only going to promote and allow Israel to rise in stature and in credibility and in stability because at the end of the day encoded in our Bible is that we will be the center of the world again. It will be a place where all nations of the world will gather and everybody will, will gain their inspiration and their connection to godliness through Israel. So we ain't doing land swaps. We ain't living in peace side by side. It's just not a reality. And it's not a reality because we didn't negotiate properly or, you know, politically we should have done this or militarily we should have done that. It's because that's not the plan of the world. That's not how things were sequenced out. So again, a huge piece of news, a lot of deliberation. Time will show, but we're going to see that this deal of the century ain't going to be the deal of the century the way we think or people hoped it would be. This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Thank you for your SMSs coming in. Thank you for some of you agreeing. Um, a question came in is, why does the peace blessing that God gives Pinchas have an incomplete mem? Um, not right now for, for this, but let us just say that peace, the peace is given to us. We need to activate it. We need to be part of it. And God has sequenced out what is, has, has to happen. We as human beings have the ability to choose whether we want to or we don't want to. And that's why the blessing of peace is incomplete, because if God just gave us peace, it's not something we acquired of ourselves. Let's just quickly go on to the, uh, the, the coronavirus that is now seemingly ravaging many parts of the world and, and, and causing a lot of instability. And I'm sure that for all of us that are connected to the Internet and to social media have seen a lot of this going around. But the gematria for Corona is 
367, meaning that the Hebrew word corona um, has a numerical value of 367, and that is equal to the verse in Torah, which is a law that is given not only to the Jewish people, but to the Gentile world as well. It's one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach, that one should not eat from the limb of a live animal. Google it. It'll take you two seconds to go and see that this coronavirus is actually a virus that is transmitted from animal to human. It is not something that is produced in the human, but rather in the animal. And it came from the live animal markets um, that that were found in China in December. And so when we're looking at world events, and while I might have been describing the deal of the century and, uh, you know, everybody descending on Jerusalem as something to do with the Jewish people, understand our messianic vision is a vision of Jew and Gentile alike, that we bring this world to understand there is a God and that we need to live moral, integrous lives, Jew and Gentile. And so we see here on a, uh, on, on another level that that which is happening in this world isn't only for the Jew, but for the Gentile as well. So this is something absolutely extraordinary. And these are just three items that happened in one week. We can go back and start understanding the entire interplay that is, that is happening politically around what is happening with the children of Yishmael all the Arab nations, and who is now slow, they're slowly breaking down borders. There are more um, uh, Arab nations on, on grassroots levels and in some political levels welcoming the Jews. There is the other side where we've got, we've got um, Arab nations where the, the, there are despots still running the place and bankrupting it, but there are people the Iranian people, the Syrian people, the Lebanese people who are starting to riot and trying to find a, a, a voice, um, out there. There is this whole, um, military assassination of, 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 of the evil people of this world without actually even hurting everybody. All the Adolf Eichmanns of this world, Qasem Soleimani, Baghdadi, the guys that the Israelis took out last November, I don't even know their names, Yamakshamam, um, are all being surgically taken out to allow this world to come the, to the fruition um, that it needs to, and that is to a great world, a world of peace, a world of of health, of wealth, and of, of everything good, a veritable gun Aden. Um, again, somebody's asked me to explain the gematria. So again, Corona has a gematria of 367, and 367 is the same gematria of the words that are found in Bereshit by the Shiva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, the seven law, Noahide laws, one of them is that you shall not eat the limb of a live animal. Those words, you shall not eat um, the limb of a live animal, also equal 367. So what we see is that, in fact, um, there is a direct correlation between what's happening with the coronavirus and that um, law in the Torah, Achol Ever Min Hachai. Those are the words. You should not eat the limb of a live animal. Both are 367. Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And um, looking forward into what is happening, I'm hoping to bring 
to you guys, the listeners, more um, insight into what really is happening. But I just want to spend the last two minutes about application. Remember, we can learn things, <coughs> but what does that mean for us? The application here is that we're sitting on stage. The final curtain's about to come down. What part are we going to play in it? Or what can I, little me, sitting in little Johannesburg, do to change world events? Well, each and every single person is a cog in the wheel. And it's incumbent on us to take what we understand and know and apply it by bringing more good in this world. What does that mean? Take on another mitzvah. Do an act of goodness and kindness. Do something that will make this world a better place. Play your part in making this world just a little bit more of a gun Aden. That is the application. And when we do, we will accelerate the triumph of good over evil. And with that note, I wish you a wonderful week.